I'm Tom Power, and this is Q on CBC Radio 1. Oh, good joke. <laughs> that's the joke. Good joke. <laughs> yeah, that's the joke. Just a joke, because I'm pretty sure that on the radio you compete with that. So I hope to trick a few people when I do that. <laughs> hey, uh, so is Nardwar your boss or what? No, but we I want him so. to come on the pod. <laughs> okay. I think he's scheduled for the same day we come on, though. Nardwar is on the same day we come on? Amazing. I think so. You're opening for Nardwar? <laughs> I guess you're right. For I heard that a scout's gonna be. <laughs> 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 a maximum fun scout. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the 50th time we said it, but Nardwar, if you're out there, you're in the station. I know you are. Come on the pod already. We need you. Let's just. Let's just say he's our boss until he has to make a statement to clear it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I and, feel and like the, that's like part of the contract is that we just can't say things like that for radio play. But you know, we're gonna let it go. It's fine. Like if we say parody after, it'll be fine. It's a parody, and that and that is uh, an official opinion of CBC Radio Three, which we are on <laughs> live now. Yes. Right now. <laughs> oh wait, I have another one that I've been thinking of. Hey Dev. Yeah, what's up? Uh do uh in where you are, do they call it snog? <laughs> I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> That's not real. They like made the that band. up for Harry Potter. Like the band. <laughs> so oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Right. Wait, sorry, I'm not Tom Power, I'm Jeff O'Neill. I'm Larry I'm, and Willie in the morning. I feel like that show's been going since I was like a child. It's yeah, jumped probably. to a couple different stations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to Music is Good. I'm Devlin Galloway, and today I am joined by... Hi, I'm Annie Negrin. I'm Tuesday Ferguson. And I'm a special guest, Kevin Mochamp, and I'm here to derail the conversation and make it about me. Good. Perfect. We, Good. we do that every day here. Oh, God. Yeah. It's your turn. Uh, what are we covering today, Kevin? I had some trouble with that. You contacted me a couple of weeks ago saying, okay, we're doing Kiss Month, and I said, okay, good. Because uh, typically among a group of people, I'm the only person who, like, tolerates Kiss, let alone l- loves it, like I do, the good and the bad. And so I had a lot of trouble. Uh, I was considering, do I want to do a really good album? Do I want to do one of the many, many, many bad albums? I consider <laughs> doing the grunge album that they did in, like, 94. What? And I can I consider it doing. Yeah, they did a grunge album in 1994. <laughs> uh, uh, Carnival of Souls, the Lost Sessions, I believe it's called. That's uh, the most butt rock title I've ever heard in my life. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, I also considered doing uh, um, a 1980 bootleg that was supposed to be a live three, because uh, that has my favorite versions of a lot of different songs. I. I really like this band. <laughs> um, ultimately, though, uh, to get to the point, uh, I landed on their disastrous 1981 concept album, Kiss, Music from the Elder. What are you talking about today? Uh, I, guess, I guess... Here's the main question. What is the story of this album? <laughs> <laughs> so See, I, I think... I, I, I think- just sounds like a normal kiss album except it has fanfare at the beginning (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's not that's not untrue the the fanfare is a mandatory skip for me i thought it was part of the first song and then i looked at the track listing and realized it was its own separate thing 
No, it's and so fanfare is so good. Fanfare is so good. Fanfare is fire. <laughs> okay. The okay, overture. It is. It, uh, exactly. Because it introduces a musical motif that takes, that like is in a lot of the songs on this album. It's basically a musical. It, it is. It's Why so hasn't good. Gene Simmons cashed in on this for Broadway? He's embarrassed musical? by it, as far as I know. Uh, well, yeah, mostly. He's embarrassed by this, but not by I don't know. What's an embarrassing piece of Kiss, kiss merch that exists? Robin, Robin play. Yeah, he's not. He's not embarrassed by Robin play. I think that it's been long enough that he can say it's camp. Hold up, there is a Kiss mm-hmm. musical, and it's from two thousand and one. Oh, oh, yeah, I was okay. wondering like when it would happen. Of course. Kiss the musical. Right. I was going to say about fanfare, actually, that the producer on this album, Bob Ezrin, was the co-founder of my audio school and mm-hmm. slash teacher at one point. And he hired the American uh, Symphony Orchestra for this record. So that's the American Symphony Orchestra doing the fanfare there. <laughs> Which uh, is really cool, it, but also that's like the most it, they do on this record, I think. It feels kind of sad because until like the very, very end of it, it sounds like what the minstrels play in Monty Python's Holy Grail. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that super, super plinky, like just nothing. Like it sounds like the Camelot song. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, I, I was going to say, yeah, your, your best friend Bobby Ezrin is uh, back on this one. Hot off of doing The Wall, no less. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, like, guys, like, I just heard about concept albums. Let's do one. Yeah. Well, I, just the idea of, like, okay, he gave us, like, our first, like, actually successful, like, studio. Well, mm-hmm. 70s rock bands measure success in such a weird way because, like, they consider, you know, their first three albums to be, like, these miserable fail. Like, they did just didn't get any- anything until they did, like, their first live album. But they were playing in stadiums. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we just weren't making it. it. We just couldn't make a work out of it. It's like, how does that <laughs> make sense? That's wild to think about. Because, like, yeah. nowadays, it's like, who plays in a stadium? Like, most very successful bands, unless they're, like, they have, like, a legacy, never touch a stadium. Yeah, like Kiss plays in stadiums. That's it. Mm-hmm. They kicked off their end of the world tour in BC Place <laughs> in in January 2020, and then they had to delay it, obviously, a trillion times. No, most recently, like I think maybe a month or two ago, when both Gene and Paul got COVID. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were we were looking at GeneSimmons.com uh, last week for the episode. Oh yes. <laughs> So, uh, and his yeah, Twitter feed. He, I, he is one of the best follows on Twitter. He's so good. He's just like, Megan the Stallion. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's like that and then like really, really like pro-vax stuff. Like he's like really wanting everyone to do that. And then just like a big stretch of like Zionism. Which <laughs> 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 is fine. Like it's, it's not. He's from Israel. Like, I don't know. Like. I don't think I can blame him too much for being a libertarian capitalist freak. <laughs> <laughs> to go back to 
go back to the original question. Uh, I've read a couple interviews asking Gene what this album is about. And basically, apparently, the Elder are a life form without body. So midichlorian. <laughs> and they like keep balance between light and dark. And when things get out of balance, a hero is born to bring it back into balance. So basically what I'm by, getting at. As if by some grand design, as the lyric is in uh, the Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was, I was talking to Rhi about this. Star Wars came out in 1977. This album came out in 1981. <laughs> we would think that Gene Simmons might have seen Star Wars, forgotten mm-hmm. the major pop points of it, and then just rewrote Star Wars. Mm-hmm. It's like that bit in The Simpsons. Billy and the Clonosaurus. Yeah, Billy and the Clonosaurus. It's one yeah. of the best-selling movies of all time, sir. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, it just, yeah, it's Star Wars. I, uh, part of my research that I did on this was I, uh, tracked it with the, uh, hero's journey, mm-hmm. point by point, and, yeah, it pretty much, it just is exactly that. <laughs> Here, let me, uh, I think Billy and the Clonosaurus would be a good band name. Uh, I can almost guarantee there's, like, 20 that just are that exactly. <laughs> Okay, well, let's be number 21. Let's f- go. Yeah, that would be... Billy and the Clonosaurus. That's exactly what I'm looking up. <laughs> I also think Fanfare, the uh, notes remind me so much of the beginning of The Last Unicorn. Oh, that's okay. totally it. You're so right. It is the last unicorn. Oh my gosh. Or at least it's Still produced very similar. Kevin, you would love the last unicorn. Probably. I still need to like, see it. Yeah, it seems like weird. Tuesday and... hasn't seen the last unicorn. I haven't. I've been meaning that to for like... very like Tuesday core. I know. I, I've been meaning to for literally 10 years and I've just never gotten around to it. That's a pod movie night coming up later we got it they have an incredible <laughs> like power ballad opening i yeah mm. i know there are power ballads i know that people are haters about natalie portman's power ballad abilities was natalie portman in the last no was it natalie portman who was, that in was it? like last unicorn was like 1980s yeah i'm wasn't natalie portman it was someone mia farrow oh my god <laughs> 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 very different person i tried my best well um uh, maybe not completely different uh in that i think they were both uh horribly sexualized as young women yeah 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 so maybe yeah. they have something in common there um <laughs> literally talking about the star wars thing my notes for the next song just a boy i wrote underneath it uh this is just luke on the moisture farm asking to go to tashi station yeah. Uh, he is too young to be sailing, is the thing, though. Yeah. Like, I was reading along with the lyrics on this, and it's just like, well, okay, well, first and foremost, Paul's falsetto's rock on this song. Yeah, and on good. this whole album. Like, he kicks ass. He's probably my favorite member. Uh, 
uh, uh, but this one, it does. It's the first real song, and this does track as the call to adventure. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the solo in it for, like really um, kicks ass. Hold up, Mia Farrow has. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen children. Jesus. <laughs> what the gun? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm reading about Mia Farrow on Wikipedia now. Um, she has fourteen children. Jesus. That might be too many children. It's a lot Wait, of what? Frank Sinatra and Woody Allen? <laughs> Whoa. I'm oh. so sorry, Mia Farrow. Yeah. She's like adopted half of these children too. The fourteen of them. Fourteen is a lot of them. That's an. Ab- that's a lot of kids. No, okay. Like it's whenever I read about like famous families, I'm always just like, "What are you like? <laughs> what are you like? Whose life is that?" That's how I feel about reading about the Carters, as in like Nick and Aaron at all. <laughs> oh, I I watched a show called Life or Debt. Which is, I guess, similar to Bar Rescue, uh, if you've ever watched that one. Uh, oh no! <laughs> oh no! Uh, but just for but for people who are like bankrupt and stuff like that, and Aaron Carter was on oh, an episode, and it was no. the wildest. It was the wildest thing I'd ever seen. He had <sighs> oh like God. clearly this actor that they hired to be like his manager slash friend that was like mismanaging his money, and they were just always like standing around in these like unfurnished rooms in his what was clearly not his apartment (laughs) all these things that just talk about man you just can't you just can't do that to my money man i thought we were friends oh i am your friend and i just want what's best for you oh but i can't trust you now anymore and i was like this is the craziest thing i've ever seen in my life (laughs) that's on the it was i was on the paramount network which used to be spike incredible I have not thought about the Carters in a very long time. At least since we did the Arthur episode. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. That feels like forever ago already, though. I'm going to read the story synopsis from Wikipedia. <laughs> um, the basic plot of The Elder involves the recruitment and training of a young hero, brackets, the boy, by the Council of Elders, <laughs> who belong to the Order. Here the comes boy. the boy. Hello, boy. <laughs> Well, who belong to the Order of the Rose, a mysterious group dedicated to combating evil. The boy is guided by an elderly caretaker named Morpheus. <laughs> At no point yeah. is he named. The, the, the word Morpheus does not appear in this album. It does at the end. At the, on the last song, there's some spoken story bit that's like the only like, oh, yeah, yeah. The elderly caretaker who is definitely not Yoda. <laughs> no, it's Morpheus. Or Obi-Wan, I guess, but Definitely not Yoda. It's, I think Gene plays two characters in this too, which is really <laughs> irritating. <laughs> I wonder if that's because Ace wanted nothing to do with this whole yeah. thing. Yeah. Which is like good <laughs> on him, which is a shame because I think like Ace's song is one of the weaker ones. No. Oh. I heard a rumor, or I read a rumor that Ace actually threw one of the recorded tapes of this album against the wall and they tried to break it when it was done. I believe it. Oh, uh, so looking at this, I feel like this is worth mentioning now if we're talking about Ace. Uh, Ace's song was co-written by Lou Reed. <laughs> <laughs> and so was A World Without Heroes. 
oh the, uh, the lone the lone American single. And Lou Reed's sole contribution to that was Lou Reed wrote the lyric, "A world without heroes is like a world without sun." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love that he's added one sentence. This is, this is just really giving me um, Lou Reed and Metallica Lulu vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely another concept <laughs> album that Lou Reed participated in. Yeah. <laughs> Lou, Lou really loved concepts. See, this is really this is really funny because um, I'm hating on him, but I'm wearing a Lou Reed shirt right as we speak. <laughs> The only spoken dialogue is at the end of the track, I, during the passage, Morpheus proclaims to the elders that the boy is ready to undertake his odyssey. <laughs> the boy is ready. So it goes back to the beginning. It's cyclical in nature. Oh, it's the, po- okay, it's the okay. poetry of it. It's the poetry of it. It loops perfectly. <laughs> it's like a vine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ah. Ezrin, at the beginning of the recording, actually wrote the whole story in like little bits in a web on a chalkboard during the first session so they could put it together. <laughs> like Pepe Sylvia? Pepe yes. Sylvia. <laughs> See, I'm trying to find a picture of Lou Reed with Kiss, but it's just coming up with a photo of him ki- like kissing David Bowie. So, you know. See, I think it falls under the fact that the label hated this record. And like didn't and I think like the publisher didn't want their name on it. So I'm I'm imagining that like Lou Reed probably was like, I wash my hands of this. I I just I feel like Ace was finally like someone respects my opinion, finally. Uh I found a picture of Gene Simmons, Cher, and Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that Bob Kulik played for both Kiss and Lou Reed. Yeah, Bob Kulik. Yeah. Uh uh, uh, both Kulik's uh, played for Kiss. Bruce Kulik was uh, the guitar player in the 80s, I believe. Whoa. I, I think during uh, Crazy Crazy Nights and Hot in the Shade era. <laughs> wow. I'm like really <laughs> new to the whole like Kiss verse. So yeah. the more... The, I, I didn't realize there were this many eras. Uh, yeah, Deep there's lore. lots. Well, that's, that's part of why... That's why you need like... You can't talk about this band in one step. It just sucks. You need a whole month. <laughs> you need a whole month. How many more? Of, is this the last one? Yep. This is the last one because it's actually leaked yeah. into uh, Kistober yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> you started pretty late. Yeah, we, we had to figure out time zones, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, back to Kiss. <laughs> so I want to ask, Kevin, what's your favorite song on this record? Uh, hold on, I just shared a link. <laughs> An interview with Nick Simmons saying Gene Simmons is a consent addict. <laughs> I guest <laughs> star Gene Simmons' son Nick has described his father as an egomaniac, a philanderer, and abrasive, but also a consent addict who is unlikely to be guilty of sexual misconduct. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop a second here and remind ourselves that he wrote Christine Sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um and uh I don't know if he, uh, I don't know if he or Paul wrote it but uh there's a song on uh, Rock and Roll Over called Making Love that has uh the best rock riff ever written in the history of time and a second verse that should never be listened to. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I think it's really I think rough. 
I I think Jean's lawyers like sat Nick down. We're like, listen, here's what you gotta do. <laughs> we need to get out ahead of anything. His son is like surprisingly handsome. That's a handsome yeah. kid. He's very very tall. My handsome grandson. My handsome. <laughs> uh, sorry. So my favorite song on this one. Um, it's probably I, because it's a youth crew song. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it's a total, like, posy hardcore, like, anthem. Uh, it definitely, definitely li- Gorilla Biscuits adjacent. Yeah, it, it definitely muddies the water in the concept idea of it, because they're both taking lead vocals and singing from the perspective of the boy, who I guess at this point is now the man. Uh, but, like, the riff is so good in it. And it just like goes unbelievably hard. Yeah, my my one note underneath I just says this riff slaps. Like it's yeah. it's incredibly good. Uh, that one, and uh, I'd say if I can do second place, uh, the oath, which is like their big like their metal tune again, another awesome riff. And because this is the first album, we haven't talked about it. This is the first album to feature their second drummer, Eric Carr, the Fox. Mm-hmm. Um, who was I think nineteen or something at the time here, and Kiss was his oh, first baby. band that he yeah Kiss was his first band. Holy um, and he how did he get into Kiss? The, <laughs> uh, he was good. Uh, he was like the first person they ever saw that used like a double kick, uh, which is heavily featured in this song. And that rocks. Yeah, Kiss uh, with a double kick is f-ing rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of the first time. This is like their next album after this is like a much more like early 80s like heavy metal focus and stuff like that and has a lot more of that sort of like like heavy stuff there and is like pretty damn good <laughs> yeah I, I think my favorites kind of line up with yours because those are the two songs that sound like kiss yeah essentially uh i have like a big like soft spot for like under the rose and odyssey under the rose again has a really really sick riff in it uh during like the chorus part Oh yeah, that bridge thing, like that thing, right? Uh, no, I I think that part's uh, lame. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's it's like, a little controversy. Yeah, about a nineteen eighty one Kiss album that everyone hates. Um, also, Escape from the Island. Uh, my only note is this could be a Uranium Club song. See, I thought it sounded like, like a, like a me, high school. Let me, let me uh, hear that song again. Escape yeah. from the Island? Escape, from, es- Escape from, from the, the Island is when you move to the city from, like, Nanaimo for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a uranium club song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I just, it's like, damn, they invent, in the one album, they invented Youth Crew and Egg Punk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be ends. fair, they can claim they created Egg Punk because their first tour started in Edmonton, Alberta. <laughs> true the, the birthplace the birthplace of egg punk um have you watched the nardwar interview with gene oh no i haven't no. actually it's really good gene oh my God. it's it's one of those things where you're like damn gene is like a very funny and very charming guy <laughs> like it makes you go like oh man <laughs> uh, i hate that i like him because he's just so stupid <laughs> uh he's just no a, it's very good a, He's just a character that's like hard. Like yeah. he does dumb. In in the interview, I believe 
uh, they go into how his first groupie conquest was also in Edmonton, probably just on that first show. Um, and then uh, they bring out uh, Vancouver power metal legend Thor uh, to bend a steel bar. And then Thor talks about how Gene Simmons slept with his wife and it was a big honor. <laughs> so Gene Simmons cucked Thor. Oh my god. I love that what? Thor bent a piece of metal before saying that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can crush you with my bare hands, but it's an honor, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just does a strongman bit and I just talk about, yeah. Uh, it's it's a really good interview. Gene also brings up a very, very good point about like how Canadians are just so desperate to go, hey, this cool thing happened in Canada. Did you know that this guy's Canadian and this, this, that, and the other? And then Gene's just like, look, like no one ever like tries to sell like New York to anyone. It's like, just like say that you're cool and move on with it. Like, don't be these like desperate, like <laughs> desperately like Canada, trying to like Canada do is desperate to be cool because we're so uncool. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. We're well. We're just always like trying to grasp at this like idea of like Canadian identity and trying identity to identity like... has never even been a thing. That's the thing. Exactly. I mean, this is like your Canadian identity is just American identity. So it's true. Yeah. Like th that's why Canada's like... just a pick me. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We're we you know we share a border and a language with like like one of the single biggest like producers of content in the world and so we're just constantly trying to go like uh uh this guy that's funny who works in america was actually born in brampton isn't that cool <laughs> it's, like, it's like the it's like the whole like yeah i'm friends with the band yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and like just not mentioning the fact that like it, all of it's been like so like fabricated and like recent it's like yeah none of these things actually existed like this sort of a lumberjack myth and things like that you know like even down as far as like i don't know does red green actually exist does that kind <laughs> of person exist and gene simmons says no how about that for CanCon radio <laughs> <laughs> like i think surely like this album has to count as CanCon because of bob ezrin and they recorded it in toronto that's true there yeah. we go. We, the we only CanCon I care about is the North American House Hippo. <laughs> <laughs> and I like also my they... friends' bands, but yeah. mostly the North American House Hippo. I like that they brought the hippo back to be about, like, like your racist uncle's Facebook links. Yeah. Did they actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, incredible. Seen it. I've seen it in passing a couple of times. That's incredible. I had no idea. Anyway. Yeah, I'm at Canadian Cable for a minute, so that's not surprising. <laughs> Don't even get me started on... You know, I learned that... I thought, like, okay, this is, like, a little bit of a tangent. The one I'm allowing myself today. Yeah. I thought getting a telly license <laughs> in this country meant you needed to have, like, cable. But I have learned that, no, you just need a license to own a television or any screen that's above 15... Like inches. What? Yeah. What? Why? I I, I have no really idea why. I think it's just like one of those laws that they don't actually enforce, but it's just really funny to like bug people about. Like, do you yeah. have your telly license? <laughs> you got the license for that Toshiba, sir. <laughs> anyway, 
I can't remember why I brought that up, but it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It is. We're talking about TV and fake news and Gene Simmons and something. I don't know. <laughs> I know that you've already talked about how they say the Pledge of Allegiance at their shows, but I feel like that <laughs> is worth bringing up every day because it's uh, the best thing in the world. <laughs> I. It's so culty, but it's so good. It's. I love it so much. It's. Well. They're just so old and stupid. Remember going to elementary school in the U.S.? Let's do that again. Yeah. Let's do the beep test while we're at it. <laughs> it's just funny to imagine doing the Pledge of Allegiance in front of a giant neon kiss sign. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, no doubt on the screens, they will have, you know, the waving flags and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. That's America, baby. I love it. Hold up, I'm Googling this. Yeah. Like, okay, for real, America's flag does look really good when it's blowing in the wind. It's a well-designed flag. It's it's good. Like, the, the horizontal stripes really, like, look good when they're flapping around. There's a super, super giant one that I see uh, driving down to Seattle every time. Every time I see it, I'm like, damn. All I, I found get was down their, their song, I Pledge Allegiance to the State of Rock and Roll. <laughs> I hope they play that after they make you do the play. Uh, I don't know if that one's a uh, a modern staple of the set. Damn. It, it is pretty fire. I will say that if you compare Canada's flag to America's flag, Canada's flag looks awful. Yeah. It's oh, bad. No. Didn't they make that joke on the Fairly Odd Parents? Like, that's just a leaf. <laughs> it's just a leaf. And, and the two red sides <laughs> are supposed to represent oceans. It's red. Hello? It's the parting of the Red Sea. Canada's just, like, very religious. Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Damn. This just reminds me of all the jokes I make about how Gene Simmons looks like Tommy Wiseau. Because <laughs> um, I was thinking about Tommy Wiseau's tweet for equality, where he was like, nobody is black or white. Everybody is red, white, and blue. I love America. <laughs> <laughs> Gene would tweet that. He would. Uh, also, Gene, Tommy Wiseau tweet: um, "The Star War would have been a dream." The Star War would have been a dream. This classic. Oh sh! Uh, Gene Simmons, he does look like Tommy Wiseau. I think he looks like a cross between Tommy Wiseau and the Hey Doggy Dog. Yeah. Just that awful old pug. It just looks like it's about to keel over and die on camera. That's what Gene looks like. Maybe a little bit. I'm looking at my notes again. Just to like maybe try and get back on, on the songs. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Odyssey just sounds like uh, David Bowie to me. Oh yeah. They like, they found out they finally figured out the pun in space oddity, and they were like, okay, no one else knows this. We're gonna be subtle. <laughs> so instead of space oddity, it's Odyssey. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the joke. That's the joke. That Bowie was making, and Kiss is like, oh, I get the joke. Nobody else knows about this. This song, uh, actually in Odyssey, this is the one that leads me to believe that we're in a post-apocalyptic setting where people live underground. Uh, uh, in the lyric, place in the desert where an ocean once danced by, uh, gives an Im implication of a passage of time. And in the, song, and in the worst song on the album, Mr. Blackwell, 
He says something about being like in charge of the whole. So it's like, <laughs> oh, here it is. Here it is. In, in Mr. Blackwell, I am the truth about this crummy hole. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So it's like Mad Max slash like Gurren Lagan kind of. Setting. Yeah. Um, well, in the 2016 Kiss comic, simply titled Kiss, that had 10 issues, it is loosely based on the plot of this album, actually. Amazing. <laughs> uh, and I did, uh, and I was subscribed to it for the first six issues of it. And it wasn't the sixth issue. Uh, I, it was bad, so I dropped it. Uh, <laughs> um, well, after that, in that, there is... It deviates from the plot a little bit. Uh, there's an underground society, and uh, they banned rock and roll, and they need to learn how to rock and roll again to save the world. Big and concept album, though. I, I, exactly. So they need to fight tyranny by, like... Playing rock and roll. Yeah, by playing Shout It Out Loud. That's uh, the plot of the Queen musical. Yeah. <laughs> uh... But yeah, they do that, and then they find out they don't live underground. They live on a satellite in space. So it's like, that's kind of a cool twist. I don't know where it went after that, but... uh, You know, the fact that Kiss has a comic really makes... um, I was was at Chapters yesterday, and they had uh, the Killjoys comic from My Mm. Chemical Romance, which has me thinking, like, is Kiss just MCR for racist uncles? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for uh, not racist twenty-eight-year-olds named me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was a given, but I, it was only a comedic generalization. Yes, yes. Anyway, um, yeah, they, they kind of are. Uh, Gerard Way is actually a really good writer. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, his comics are all really is, good. The art's not bad. The art actually looks pretty good. Yeah. Very, very typical like superhero comic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really think it plays into how I thought that Kiss were Scooby-Doo characters for a really long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I just feel like they could be part of the Archie universe if you want. Like, uh, if you uh, want. Funny that, funny that you mentioned that. I also have uh, the four issues of Archie in which they meet Kiss. <laughs> of course that this. <laughs> yeah, Kiss meets Archie. <laughs> uh, it was better than the, uh, the actual... Uh, 2016 kiss comic. of which they've had like comics for so long including the one that they famously said they put their blood into but did not actually put their blood into the ink of uh they did like a big photo op of it stan lee was there to like draw blood from them and put it in the red ink stan but, lee uh, was there to stab them stan lee was there to stab them uh uh but when they actually put the blood into the red ink it was too late to like actually be printed on the comic that it was supposed to be at, so I think it went in, like, issues of Sports Illustrated instead. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, That's so good. They couldn't even pull that off. Like, I think Kiss, as a band, is just, like, we all have, like, grew up with, like, all these jokes around, like, bands doing things, and I feel like Kiss, like, from, like, everything they've done, it really does just, like, they are that band that people make jokes about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just are a spinal tap. Yeah. Yeah. They are literally spinal tap. Yeah. I have a note here that uh, in this era, I really like Paul's purple headband. I just think it's a good look. Yeah, it is a good look. Yeah, yeah. That's so early eighties. Hold up. Yeah, they changed their look. Yeah, they changed their looks for like this era, and uh, 
uh, Paul, uh, Paul cut his hair a little bit and then had a purple headband. Oh, that's uh, fire. Yeah. Oh, on the album be- such a look. Yeah. On the album before this, they have a few songs that are like, they're clearly doing like romantics, like power pop. And they're, re- they're like actually pretty good. <laughs> it's like, damn, what if they like went like, if they went like full power pop and just like turned oh. into like, yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a sick look? No, it's actually really awesome. I really like that look. Mm-hmm. That is very good. I really like this image. Yeah. <laughs> I really, really, really like this image. This Do I have j- permission this... to save it to my computer? <laughs> this JPEG brings me joy. Because <laughs> you mentioned the past, past album, we didn't really talk about like, the history or like why this album ended up the way it did. And Why from... is it like this? <laughs> from what I looked up, I understand that like the like, the last two albums before Music from the Elder were like more poppy. One of them had like Kiss's disco song on it. I was and, made for loving you. Yeah, I was made for loving you. Good and song. those albums rock. I don't, I don't get it. But yeah. it's a banger. Uh, I'd roller skate to it. Yeah. <clears throat> their fan base. Some of their fan base was feeling like alienated from the band, and like they had changed and weren't what they wanted. And apparently, according to Gene Simmons, that made the critics get to the band and that they had to they had to do something to get back to their roots, show their artistic merit. So they got really in their heads and wrote a story about it. And that's how this album (laughs) happened. Also, because Bob Ezrin claims to have been on just mountains of cocaine while making this. Yeah, they were like, Uh, this is a message to all the haters. Uh, low-key music from the elder is a trauma response. <laughs> it was their notes app apology. I'm gonna make like uh, disinformation TikToks about that. I want Kiss to collab with the Tramp Stamps. <laughs> Not the Tramp Stamps. Uh, uh, did you see the? Or I, I guess here. I'm too late. Actually, d- did you hear the uh, uh, the Riot Girl 7-Eleven Nachos song? What? Mm-hmm. I have not. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay. In the same vein as uh, as the Tramp Stamps, there's. Uh... Why didn't we just let Riot Girl die? Yeah. I I think I think Latigra killed Riot Girl when they did the Hillary Clinton song <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> I mean, if you do anything for a politician, it's dead. I mean, like, that's just, like, very typical, like, Kathleen Hannah politics, though. Like, mm-hmm. white feminist mm-hmm. Yeah, like, this is... Nachos music. Yeah. Like, this is the logical conclusion of Riot Girl. We're froggy. We wrote a song about 7-Eleven nachos and asked them to sponsor us as a joke. They said yes. This is the video. Yeah, I'm sure that was the order of events that happened. It's like... Why can't you just admit to like being like a band that was invented by an ad agency? It's fine. Yeah. It's like, like how uh, Left at London like predicted that the berries and cream meme was being pushed by uh, was being pushed by Starburst so they could re-release the berries and cream flavor. <laughs> and she was right. This she was right. Actually, this is actually horrible. Yeah, I've never seen that commercial. So like, whenever people post posted all that stuff about it i'm just like i just i don't know what this reference is why does this so, exist why did you send this to us kevin because it's cool because it's punk 
It's a punk I would have thought this was dope when I was 14. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, punk was already dead, but, like, yeah. if it wasn't, well, this really killed it. Like they, poured, my, they poured nacho cheese all over its grave. Like, my, <laughs> my actual hot take is... Uh, the Linda Lindas are exactly like this, and no one wants the to. The Linda Lindas are exactly like this. Yeah, like people are just on board because they're like children. So yeah, yeah. But I feel like if, it's okay because they're children. Like it's it's worse that these people are like thirty. I don't know. Like, I feel like Linda Lindas are a psyop of some kind. Like they are. Like Amy Poehler invented a new band to be annoying, <laughs> <laughs> and then like. And like thirty-year-old IT guy punks are like, this is everything. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you're going on a list. Oof. Allegedly. Oh. Parody, Allegedly. parody, parody in Minecraft. Uh, .co.uk. .com. I'm watching too much of this. Seven Eleven nachos. I was gonna say it looks like the Seven Eleven at the corner of um, like night. And like thirty third. Is that thirty third? Yeah, I know exactly what which one you're talking about. Yeah, that is definitely it, the night in thirty third of Seven Eleven. Actually, it just looks nicer than that one. But it seems a lot of people got to this from a podcast. <laughs> All these comments <laughs> are just like, "Great song." Uh, and then I guess you can bleep this out. <laughs> podcast sent me here. Like, I would not listen to a podcast hosted by two people named. <laughs> 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 the band. Um, just looking at time. Let's watch that live video. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, Let's go. I okay. I want to tell you a little story. <laughs> I want to tell you a little background history of the next song we're gonna do. About a year ago, we were running around the United States, rock and rolling across the country. <laughs> <laughs> One night. Tell minding my own business, all of a sudden, I saw this really hot looking chick walking. <laughs> I mean, this chick was. <clears throat> I looked at this girl. Now, I tried, I tried to be really cool. <laughs> the drum roll. Anyway, I looked this girl up and down. And I tell you, I tell you, I was falling in love. I tell you, there's one thing I don't have to tell you about me, and that's, I love girls. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm heterosexual. Can you please put that clip in the podcast? Oh, it's going. This whole thing is going in. Let's go. <laughs> Oh my god, that's incredible. And then, it goes to like, incredible. And then it's like Baby. the best version I of that song. I love girls! I love you gotta, girls! You gotta have the voice crack when you're loudly hitting on a woman. Yeah. Baby! <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that was... Uh, that's me six months on tea. <laughs> <laughs> I was... love girls! Yeah! Yeah! I want to tell you a little story! <laughs> yeah, uh, there is a... I like that the story says, I saw a woman, I was attracted to her. Here's our next song. <laughs> yeah. Just reminding you all that I am attracted to women. I am straight. 
Thank you. Have a good night. You guys that I am a straight male. As we go into our disco song, as we go into our disco song, I would like to remind you all that despite the disco song, I am in fact heterosexual. Even though I am in makeup and a spandex leotard. Yeah. Even Uh, though we smooch each other's weenies backstage, I am in fact a hetero. Oh, that's too long of a link. Either way, there's like an hour long bootleg of just like nothing but Paul Stanley talking to the audience like that and it's so good that's uh, incredible heard y'all like to drink vodka and orange juice yeah maybe that will be our next Patreon listen along episode is just us listening to the entirety of Jesus. Paul talking oh um in the first episode of uh, Kiss Timber I remember uh uh Tuesday, you were talking about the uh, Paul Stanley book. I love the audiobook. Uh, I I haven't listened to the whole thing, but I would I would listen to like compilations of like him just like talking about various members of him. Yeah. And the titles of the videos are so good. Here's Peter Chris is a miserable bad drummer. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a picture, an unflattering picture of Peter Chris. It says cocaine, misery, bad drummer, saboteur, nine inch. <laughs> Gene Simmons is a sneaky, spoiled, greedy narcissist. I'm still my favorite parts are all the ace stories. Yeah. Every every oh, time yeah. I think that there can't be a more stupid ace story, he outdoes himself. Here's <laughs> Yeah. Um yeah, I just I've been wanting to mention that it's like these titles. Yeah, so I've just listened to just videos of Paul just like talking about all these awful things. Apparently like the way he's talking about them is like they've been doing all of these awful, stupid things since the day they met. It's like, why yeah. are you being a band with these people? <laughs> if it's like, it's think, 1973, and I really hate this Ace Freely guy. I think he's a big piece of crap. Anyway, I'm gonna I love a band Ace. I think he's a himbo. I think he's himbo representation, oh, yeah. and I yeah, love him. Absolutely, he's my favorite member. Probably, yeah, he's I a himbo. Him. He's perfect. Yeah. Nothing wrong with Ace. Yeah, just has like the worst singing voice. Insists on singing live. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's rock. As and someone roll, who, baby. yeah, it's rock and roll, baby. <laughs> As someone who only got into Kiss because of Kiss Tamper slash Kiss Tober, I am learning so much that I think I I genuinely want to do this if we're doing this podcast again next year. <laughs> I would, yeah. I would, I would do Kiss Tober again or Kiss Tember. Um, yeah. I have no knowledge of Kiss, but I have learned a lot this month. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah learned. I just want to. There, there is one more note here that I think is really important for the the Vancouver listeners on the radio. That um, the song that is, I agree, the the worst song on this record, Mr. Blackwell. Uh, I wrote that it sounds like a weeknight at Pub Three Forty. Because <laughs> it does. Yeah, definitely, like, definitely done the the weeknight at pub three forty before. Just not good. <laughs> the, an eight o'clock Tuesday band. Yeah, that yeah. It, that's exactly what Mr. Blackwell sounds like. The song Darklight. I have no idea what the hell is going on in that song. It's weird. You don't need it's, to. Like the 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 verses. Like, watch out, man. I'll get you. <laughs> the, oh, the malevolent order. <laughs> I love that 
immediately this band wanted nothing to do with this record when this came out because mm-hmm. the like label completely mixed the the song order so this the already jumbled story became more jumbled yeah 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 and they didn't like tour it's the only album that they never toured on <laughs> and the one that's like never to this day gone gold i think rough. the lesson of our very first kiss month is that no matter how embarrassed i feel about a piece of art i've put out i can still carry on with my life and my career <laughs> and it's gonna be okay you know yeah. i just think that's comforting to think about if they can survive attack of the phantom i can get through anything <laughs> you're yeah. right it- it's it's an inspirational story about uh, four mop top kids from New York what? kissing each other's weenies. <laughs> yeah, that's why they're called kiss. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I feel like there's like definitely like in in the history of debauchery and rock and roll, there's probably a lot more band members kissing each other's weenies than uh, has been admitted. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it's not uh, rock and roll, but uh, uh, Richard Pryor uh, had sex with Marlon Brando. Oh yeah, I've heard that. That's fire. Yeah, yeah. That rules. <laughs> Let's get some final, some final conclusions on this record since we're. My opinion is that I wish that Gene had sung all his lines in that stupid, uh, like voice changer effect that he used all through Attack of the Phantoms, like just the shitty yeah! like reverb. <laughs> yeah, I think it would have been better if he did that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's it. That's that's the opinion that I have. No, I agree with you. <laughs> Honestly, I expected it to be a lot worse. It's not my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my final thought is it's like a bad album that I love. <laughs> Simply enough. No, that's uh, that's res- I respect that and I understand that because I yeah. love a lot of really bad yeah. albums. So that's what yeah. it's all about, you a, know. A bad album that I love from a bad band that I also love. <laughs> yeah. That I think I also now love yeah. after this kiss kiss timber slash tober. You know, what? I think I like. I've become accustomed. I've become desensitized. <laughs> I'm enlisting in the kiss army. See, we talked about this last week. We uh, we want we need more patrons on Patreon so we can get kiss kiss army IDs. Yeah, or we can just pirate them and get Gene Simmons to sue us for publicity. (laughs) I like my idea better. Don't fly out. I think I think there's a higher profit margin (laughs) in my idea. Yeah, I I guess that was Kiss Timber slash Tober. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank you for coming on this ride, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I know I missed I'm, the first week of Kiss Timber, Kisstober, but um, I'm, we got I'm through it. Glad to be here. We we did it. Yeah, we did it. I'm fully kiss pilled, and I fully think they rock. Like, I started out not knowing anything, and by the end of this month, I'm I am now a Kiss fan. Devlin confirmed for Kiss Enjoyer. <laughs> I am a kiss enjoy. Thanks for having me on this last ep. Uh, thanks for being here. Let me know yeah, when we do the on. next one, and then I'll talk about like uh, uh, my favorite videotape growing up called Kiss Exposed because it was the only tape I could watch that had boobies in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. I feel like I saw a late night commercial for that when I was a kid. 
Yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> it's, they do like skits and like <laughs> it's half interviews, half skits. Paul Stanley said he does this whole bit where he says that he eats breakfast of uh, granola, grapes, and root beer in a bowl. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically well, after- milk. It's yeah, basically it's pilk. Basically <laughs> I mean, after reading the Kiss cereal flavors the other week, that makes a lot of sense why they pick some of the flavors, if that's true. Yeah. Peach. Big if true. Yeah. What have you guys been listening to this week? I uh, I was listening to Song 2 by Blur. Oh, like a couple word. times. It's the British National Anthem. It really is the British National Anthem. <laughs> I'm trying to integrate, okay? <laughs> Actually, um, speaking of speaking of Woo! British people, <laughs> except speaking of British people, <laughs> I have I have actually been listening to Prozac a lot lately. Oh, fire. <laughs> they're they're not British, <laughs> but they really want to be, and I respect that. Uh, I've been listening to Toby Keith and Jawbreaker. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah. Um, He's good. I, I've been on that Soul Glow train. I've been listening to Songs to Yeet at the Sun by Soul Glow. Yeah. And I've been listening to Blood Money by Tom Waits. So that's that's what I've been on this week. That's a good one. It's, nice. it's a fire album, yeah. Anyway, as we've been saying... listen to Crouching on the Outside. Anyway, I've been saying lately... Crouching on the Outside. Crouching on the Outside. That's enough. I feel like if we um, ever want to change our podcast name, we should change it to That's Enough. That is a good title. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, that's the end of Kiss Denver. I'm Devlin that's Galloway. Enough. You can follow me at uh, Devlin Galloway on Twitter and Instagram. It's not spelled this that way, but you'll figure it out. You can follow this podcast at Music Is Good Pod on Twitter and Instagram. And... We would really appreciate your support to check us out at patreon.com slash musicisgoodpod1. I still stand by that if you give us $5, we will watch Gene Simmons' Family Jewels and make episodes about it, even after... When God made me, he broke all the rules. (laughs) (laughs) Shred in my beauty queen. (laughs) Yeah, and also... It really help us out if you hit follow or subscribe on whatever podcast service you're listening on. Um, my name is Annie, uh, Annie Negrin. You can find me at Tanky Teardrop on Instagram. I'm Tuesday Ferguson. You can follow me at Mimichi on Instagram. Oh, I get a plug? Cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, plug away, Kevin. Uh, I'm Kevin. You can... I'm on Twitter, at BiggerKevin. And my band is called... I'm doing my band one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my band is called The Arbuckles, uh, and somehow we're the only band with that name, uh, which is really cool. And we're on Spotify and Bandcamp. And now it's... Dance, n- dance, it's usually just me, but uh, I have other people that I'm jamming with to maybe make a full band of real people. But now it's just me. So you can listen to that and give me money for it or not. <laughs> Hell yeah. The zero point zero zero four nine percent uh or cents that you get for uh, a Spotify stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. That's why I put it up there. I don't give a <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> I paid money to put my covers up there that I'll never get back. <laughs> it's all about the Pro- art. Probably not going to re-up that one. Those ones are going to be gone after a year for sure. Limited edition. You have to buy them now. Honestly. It's just like the it's just like the Disney vault. You have to buy them now or else they'll go back in the vault for 10 years. <laughs> no yeah. one should grow up without the Arbuckles covers. They are pretty I, good. I am I'll stand by that. Yeah. Arbuckles rule. Yeah, good band. Good band. All right. Bye everybody. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.